Good afternoon, good evening. Hey, hey. Nick, what's going on? Not much. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. We are live. We're recording. I mean, we're not live, but we're recording. <laughs> that makes, it, does that make sense at all? That's that's too big for me. I don't. I, that's kind of scary if it was real. <laughs> well, this is Carl, and you're Nick, and we're here to talk about the millimeter row. And awesome. I have not stopped moving since I got to Detroit. This has been like one nonstop blur of activity for me, so I'm not even actually sure what day today is. I was say you came to our, our beautiful city, and then I saw you climbing some mountains, and then God knows what you were doing after that. Well, we had the Army Wounded Warrior, which is not Wounded Warrior Project, but Army Wounded Warrior had a training session, their annual training for their, uh, their advocates, their case managers that work with soldiers that are being medically discharged or processed. And, uh, and so Bryce and I went out there and did a little education and helped them understand more what we can do to help them help those that they work with. Oh, and uh, yeah, go through all that process. Uh, but but it was nonstop. And then we had a day after we were done with him, then Bryce and I went, grabbed one of his uh, ranger buddies that's out in that area, and we went out and uh, did a little mountain climbing. Well, rock climbing, but yeah. Anyway. Nice. A good little trip, huh? Yeah, yeah. But then, and then I had to drive home. So, yeah, it's been fly, drive. I just need to throw a boat and a train in there somewhere. And I hit him. <laughs> I'll bet you can track down some guys that can lend you a Zodiac. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. <laughs> so, so be a little I, harder. I can't help you with that one. <laughs> yeah, there's some around here. It just, they don't go anywhere. So that's kind of drag. But not like back in the East, you know, the, the, uh, the super sophisticated, East Coast and the northeast part of the U.S. where you can ride actually on a train from one city to another. Can't do that here unless you're a cow. Yeah, we don't get that in Michigan either. That's too fancy <laughs> for us out east. <laughs> so, talk to me about Million Meter Row, man. What a great event. It was awesome. Uh, you know, we had, let's see, on site in Detroit. And then we had a couple of remote locations. So we had a gym um, from Arizona. We had a CrossFit gym um, in California. We had a couple of gyms here in Michigan do their own remote events. And then um, one of the guys that I served with, uh, who's now down in Columbus, Georgia, um, set up and, and did his own, you know, by himself on base, which was pretty cool to see. So in total, we had 233 folks registered uh 55 teams all participate in the event so it was it was another great year um and and it it's just a really cool event because we get to build on in the crossfit community with what lex artists you know the company I, i helped start um that's that's our community but we're able to connect so many people who don't have military experience to the military you know um the transition everything that's going on in the veteran community and really kind of peel back some of the layers about what's happening. So it was really, it's really a great experience because we get to look at it from a different lens. We get to try and find a way to, you know, connect the dots with the civilian community, which is so cool. Um, So once again, you know, 
uh, a great event. A lot of people had a lot of great things to say after it had some great conversation with folks who said, you know, I had no idea that's what was going on. And, um, you know, we want to do more to help. So the, uh, let me jump in real quick because you hit on something that was real important there for a minute. No, I'll, I'll let you go. And, and you can, I'm sure you'll cover all of this, but just, I wanted to focus in on one thing that you said there. And that is helping people know what's going on. Right. And when you look at the population of veterans today compared to 10, 20, 30 years ago, it's a fraction of what it was. And now it's less than 6% of the American population has worn the uniform. And when you look at post 9-11, it's less than 1%. So it's, you know, one in every 100 people has served post 9-11. So when you, in your daily work life or school life or in your family, unless you just happen to have one of those hundred, one of the one of a hundred that is in your circle, you don't know anybody post 9-11. So odds of you, especially as a young person, knowing a veteran are very small and even smaller knowing someone who's actively serving. And so the Mm -hmm. things that veterans are going through, the general population doesn't understand. All they see is the bearded contractor, I'm going to kill everybody I see, or they, you know, the movies that they see on TV, they don't have a clue. And Million Meter Row is a great mechanism to get a lot of those folks in the CrossFit community connected to what veteran issues are. And then when they find out what great people veterans are, then they want to buddy up with them and include them. And, and that just builds community and it's better for everybody. Absolutely. You know, and, and so I, what we should say is because I'm sure there's some folks that are going to hear this that have no idea what we're talking about. The Millimeter Row is a single day event in Detroit where we bring uh, 50 rowers, so stationary concept to rowing machines uh, into a gym. And we have 50 teams locally. And then we have other teams around the country. Um, everybody row or each team rows 25,000 meters um, to at that point, it reaches more than a million meters, but I can go back into the story a little bit. Um, and we raise money and the whole purpose is we raise money and then we donate it to gallant few. So um, it's a, it's a way that it's a very approachable event. The team can be one person and it can be all the way up to, you know, 10 to 20 people if they want and you split the meters, however you want. So that, that's what the event is. Um, Cause I realized we hadn't actually said what the event was yet. <laughs> um, but to your, you know, the, the point you came back to about that disconnect, you know, the one in 100, so we started this event four years ago and four years ago it was, all right, we're going to do this event. We're going to fundraise for veteran charity and then we're going to donate. And we, you know, we, we, it was a smaller event. I think we had, I think we had maybe 18 teams. I think that first year it was, it was small. And, you know, we, we talked about what was happening and then really it was, it was, so it was four years ago and this was really when noise was starting to happen about, um, you know, veteran suicides and, and the 22 a day was starting to kind of find its way into the mainstream. So, you know, so we, we identified that and, and we we're like, man, that's that's awful. And, and you know, how do we fix that? How do we raise awareness? So we started with this event. And so you move into year two and, and the event grew again. I think we got ourselves up to 30 some teams. It actually might have been just 30 teams. Um, and we were still having the same message, but it was you know, the fundraising was still okay and there was still this connection, but something was missing in between years three and four. And this was year four. I think it was really in year three, the, the event itself blew up. 
um, you know, we, we sold it out, I think in the first week that we opened the event. And then this last year, again, we sold it out again. And I think what, what happened or well, it should change. What we identified was that if we're talking in the military community or we're talking in the veteran community, you know, it's, it's almost common knowledge about, you know, what's happening and, and, you know, the, the struggles, but on the flip side of that, our civilian counterparts, which outnumber us 101, they have no idea. And so the greatest strength or the, the greatest message that we can give for this event within that civilian community is we take the messaging and, and we, we have to relate it. You know, we're, we, we connect with our civilian counterparts and we say, hey, here's what's going on, which on a surface level, you know, we see the news, we see the media, we, we hear PTSD, we hear you know, all these struggles, we, we see the headlines about the VA, you know, it's all so awful, but no one is really understanding the why behind it. So the, the really fun part and unique part is, you know, instead of going to these, you know, like vet expo where we're all on the same level and we're all connecting because most of us will probably 99% of us are veterans. Now we have a room that's probably 90 to 95% civilian, and maybe five to 10% of those participants are veterans to where now there's, there's a minority of us speaking to the majority and saying, Hey, here's what's going on in our community, but this is how I get to relate it to your community and what you've seen in your life and what you've experienced. And so we've, we've had a really cool transition of looking at it from the standpoint of a veteran to looking at it from the standpoint of a civilian and how do we connect that message and how do we, how do we make that message stand out more about the why and understanding, you know, where do people come from? How do they get into what they get into and how do we get them out of the struggles they're in as opposed to looking at saying, Oh, that's a veteran. I wonder if they have PTSD or I wonder if they have depression because they were in the military. Like that's insane. You know, that doesn't make any sense. So how do we change the narrative? And I think that's where we really had some fun with this event is we changed the way that we, we communicated the messaging of the event. And it had a massive impact this year. Um, we had, so, so we did the million meter row the next weekend. We, we ran one of our different events, which is just the barbell event. And I had at least six people approach me, non-military. I've never met them before, other than they've participated in my company's events that came up and said, you know, what you said was so great and so compelling because you made me understand what it would be like in my life if I didn't have this kind of community in CrossFit that you seem that, that veterans have. So, so seeing or, or listening to what you were saying made me understand more about what, you know, the struggles veterans face. So are you willing really to share what you said? What's that? You share what you said. So what I did was, you know, I, I looked at it from my own standpoint and, and my story is pretty unremarkable. Um, we've talked about it. You know, I, I went in, um, I enlisted in the air force. I went in the combat control pipeline. I got hurt. I came home. It, it lasted about a year. And, and there's more when you say but... unremarkable, it is totally, uh, normal. Isn't the right word root common. <laughs> it's common. It's a common story. And yeah. whether somebody was in a year or 10 years, when they, when they go through that process of training to be something and then they get hurt and they can't be that anymore, then, then you're in the situation that you're in. So don't undercut what you did because you, you went for it. You, you went a hard path and you got hurt. And that can happen yeah. after a week, a month, a year, 10 years, but it happens. And that's the important yeah. part is that it does happen. And how do we deal with it? 
you're absolutely right and and you know it's funny you've known me now i think you know three or four years time (laughs) yeah yeah you know and it's funny because i used to I used to beat myself up a lot about what happened and I used to not want to tell people the story and I I used to be ashamed of it. And now I look at it and I realize that, you know what? It's common. I I can relate to far more of the veteran community than, than a lot of guys, you know, so, so, um, Chad Cox, who's, who's the brains behind VetRec, which is another organization here in Detroit. Chad's thing was, you know, his struggle was for a long time, you know, people would ask me about my service and all they think about is what we see in Hollywood, which is the 1%, the tier one guys, the deltas, the, um, the seals, you know, he goes, I wasn't one of those guys. So I didn't want to talk service because I felt like I wasn't worthy, you know, and that's, that's one guy that I know. Not comfortable telling his story because he felt like, because he wasn't a seal or, or Delta or some, you know, special like that, that his story wasn't worth telling. Mm-hmm. So, wow, we're going, I, I've talked for a long time, but uh, realize we just <laughs> nobody knows that. <laughs> uh, shows how good I am with technology. So, yeah. So, you know, Chad, um, for a long time after he got out of the army was, uh, I think kind of how a lot of us look at, at our, their own lives you know i am not good enough and whatever that may be but but chad's piece of it was i was in the army but i wasn't a ranger and i wasn't special forces and i wasn't delta or seal basically i wasn't what we see in hollywood and i wasn't the cool guy so my story doesn't matter and what happened to me isn't important you know so what i realized and 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 i think what chad realized was through through that experience and it took a long time to realize this um you know and talking with you and talking with bryce and nick and learning from those guys and, and really uh one of my favorite is annette hill um, yeah. who does a lot of, of speaking um and and uh you know therapy work with veterans was that we represent the other you know 99 percent of veterans you know we talk about how there's a hundred to one of civilians to veterans well, there's a hundred to one of service members versus operators, you know, so the lesson I learned in all of my injuries and, and through Chad and, and hearing his side of it was, you know, I could, I get to speak for everybody else. So what I perceived as a failure and what I perceived as a weakness um, was actually a point of strength because, you know, I went after something and it didn't happen and, and that's okay. Um, but now I can relate to far more men and women because I went through the struggles when I came home, Right. Um, you know, relating to my own family members, you know, people that I grew up with, people I've been friends with for years, I had a hard time relating to them and it was, it was amazing, you know, and at the time I had no idea. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I knew I wasn't relating. I knew I was struggling, but I didn't really see what was going on. So tying it all kind of back together about the messaging to the car. What I, what I did and what I said to them was, you know, I want you all to close your eyes and I want you to think about what your life would be like today. If you had never started doing CrossFit. And the reason that was so impactful is so the the thing that if you talk to a CrossFit or the thing that they'll tell you is that the reason they go, the reason they do CrossFit is because of the community right? Our community is so strong. And, and the big reason it's so strong is that we all go through the same workout together. 
we have to go through the same struggle together. There's varying degrees of it, you know, whether you've been doing it for 10 years or, or a day, there's varying degrees of that struggle, but we all have the same struggle relative to our own experience in our own life. End of the workout, everyone's laying on the floor, smoked, but everybody feels the exact same things. Much in the same way, you know, if you've been in the service for a year or five years or 10 years or 20 years, you have experience relatable to the you served with and you have a that is unique to you and, and to those other people. And your struggles will, will be relative. You know, the, the degree of challenges you face are going to be relative, right? Somebody who goes all the way up, you know, the, the ladder to SEAL Team 6 is going to have really difficult challenges and struggles. Much like the guy that, you know, kind of works his way up and does admin for his whole career is going to have his own struggles. It's, it's all, all relative. relative. Yeah. Exactly. But the challenge comes in that 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 man or woman separates. And I think, you know, my, my take on it and the lesson I had to learn was the reason that struggle happens is your community's gone. You could even come home to the, the right where you've been living for the last four or five years. If it's right off base, you know, and Nick uh, talks about this in his book, you know, he got his DD two fourteen. He was so excited to get off. And then within a matter of weeks, you know, communication was just getting less and less and less with guys that he was in a, a team with, you know, his closest friends, guys that he, you know, went through all kinds of struggles with. So that community's gone. So the way we relate that to the civilian world is, you know, at least with CrossFitters is imagine what your life would be like if you never started doing CrossFit. Because for me, I wouldn't have my fiance. I wouldn't have the company that I helped start. Like I never would have met my business partner. Uh, I actually the owners of the gym where I started, uh, Vinny was a, uh, was an army for years. He was one of the ones that really kind of helped guide me, you know, into making the decision and, and all these incredible experiences that I have in my life are a result of that community. Yeah. So when I got out of the military, like I, I loved what I was doing. I finally felt like I was in a place where the people I was with, they thought like me, they acted like me, they talked like me, like that was, I belonged there. That was where it was meant to be, you know, and then it was gone and I came home and I had this CrossFit community, which was great, but man, I struggled. It was, it was bad. I mean, I, I went through two years and really had a hard time. Um, so I know, you know, I, I know that I can relate the two and I knew that there was a connection there. I didn't know how powerful it was going to be, but I knew that there'd be something. I knew that it would connect on some level. And so the cross, the, the millimeter row was Saturday, June 1st, the following Saturday, we had one of our weightlifting events and I had, I think I had six different people come up to me that, that I didn't know. Like I knew them through our events, but I didn't actually, I've never had a conversation with them come up to me and say, you know, what you said at the millimeter row, it was so compelling. And, and, you know, it, it helped me to understand the struggles because I was able to kind of think about it in my own terms, in my own way. So I want to thank you for what you said, you know, and that, that was a great thing to hear because what that tells me is, you know, there is a way to deliver this message and it's not 22 veterans are killing themselves every day because I, I'll be honest with you. I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm so sick of that being tied with veterans. Thank that's not what it should be. Right. That's, that's not what the conversation should be. And we need to change it and how right. best to change than to relate it to what would your life be like? 
if you didn't have the community that you have as big yeah, as, as they're small. As I love it. Yeah. And you know, there's two, there's two huge issues with making it 18, 20, 22, whatever it is, but that tells the civilian population we're all crazy and we're killing ourselves. And right. it tells a veteran out there that there's 19 other veterans today that are doing, making the choice that I am making. So it's not a bad choice to make. So I right. absolutely agree with you that that, that sends the wrong message and, and uh, we need to stop focusing on it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, and I, it's, it's funny. I've, I had this discussion with, um, you know, other men and women in our area up here in Detroit that have, you know, separated and trying to find their way. Um, and I think, I don't know that I would say that we under rely on our civilian counterparts, but I think one of the struggles that I see is that, and I did it. I mean, I, 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 the, the guys on the board for the million meter row, they'll, they'll even tell you that when I first came home, you know, I was like, well, I'm a veteran. You don't understand me. I, I was in the military. You don't, yeah. you don't understand me. You'll never get it. You know, but think back to day one of basic training. You had no idea how to be a soldier or an airman or a Marine. You didn't know what you were doing. You had to rely on the people that were experts, which were your drill sergeants or your military training instructors to guide you. And then your peers to continue to guide you. So when we separate from the military, you know, it's our responsibility to look to those in our community to guide us to the next steps. And for us to educate them on what it's like serving the military. Absolutely. Not like you're a piece of crap because you didn't serve, but, you know, hey, let me, yeah, hey, I learned this really cool thing about leadership when I was in the military. Do you mind if I share it with you? You know, things like that make our communities better. There's no question. I mean, some of the greatest leaders I've ever met, I met in the military. You know, there, there are guys that, you know, I, I'm waiting for them to separate because I want to see the great things that they're going to do in the civilian world, just by, just by who they are as people, nothing to do with who they are in the military, but just by their sheer character and what they've been able to do in the military so far. And, and I, you know, we get to see it already, you know, people like you, people like Bryce, Nick with Raider project, like, you know, you're, there's just, there are people that are leaders and they are changing the world. And, and we need our veteran community to understand that, Hey, you did go through something and you did struggle, but guess what? That struggle, it's a part of who you get to be. It's not who you are. So if you're having a hard time right now, use it, build on it, find a way to change it and make it better. And then use that to be a better person. And then use that to, to teach other veterans how to be stronger, better people. Because anybody who says that they don't struggle in life is lying to you. Or oh, everybody does. Yeah, everybody yeah. does. Yep. No question. Okay. Uh, so tell me about Lex Artis. So Lex Artis is a, um, I can't use the, the, the real term because we'll get sued. Uh, <laughs> so Lex Artis is a functional fitness event company. What we do is we run competitions uh, in Michigan and Ohio. And we were in Illinois for a bit. So we do about 30 events a year. Um, and we just run fitness competitions on the weekends. Um, I can't use the big names, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain this. Like Charlie Foxtrot, <laughs> only different. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, so we've built, we, we started the, the company six years ago. Um, so we actually started it, and I think it was maybe six or seven months after we, 
after my partner Pat and I started the company, I said, Hey, uh, by the way, I know we started this thing, but I'm going to leave for the air force, um, <laughs> 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 uh, which, and he was really supportive of it. You know, he was like, that's awesome. Good for you. We'll figure it out. So, um, so we, yes, we started six years ago. We had to build this thing from scratch, you know, just figuring things out. And, uh, you know, six years later, you know, we've, we've built this community here in Michigan, or, or I, I shouldn't say built, you know, cause that would imply that we've taken that we take credit for this community. We've been a pretty integral part of it, I think is a better way to say, um, you know, so we've, we've put these events on, we, we do this fundraiser once a year, you know, we get to be, we get to see a pretty cool uh, piece of people's lives. You know, we, we see people every day, you know, at work and social media, whatever. And, and what we get to see on weekends is just people in kind of their, just being who they are, working out, having a good time. And, and we get to see a really cool piece of people's lives. And so, the geographical area that you cover there with that? So, so all of Michigan, uh, Ohio from Toledo to Cleveland down to Cincinnati. Um, and that's, that's pretty much where we're at right now. Uh, we somebody wants to find one of your events, where do they go? So they can just go to our website, which is uh, lex-artist.net. We tried to do lexartist.com, but it was taken. <laughs> so uh, yeah, lex-artist.net. Or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, just at lexartist. Well, awesome. What did I not ask you that we need to make sure everybody hears? What was that? Sorry. What did I not ask you that we need to make sure everybody hears? Oh, well, if you're interested in rowing next year, it's always the first Saturday of June. We are planning to grow this thing bigger and bigger um, because we think that we can have a bigger impact. Um, I'm community. never going to get to jump into Normandy. <laughs> yeah, no, not a chance. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> just take, take a year off and you know send zach if he's listening send zach instead you can take a break one year oh there you go my wife we'll exactly my <laughs> wife would rather i row <laughs> oh, i'm sure we can make zach row the twenty five thousand meters by himself i love it and there was one guy that did there in the gym with us he, he didn't finish long yeah. after us <laughs> yep that's yeah that's our that's our buddy Brad. He is a he's a special human. Um, but yeah, he he did it all alone. So uh, no, you know. So there's opportunities that if you are in Dallas or Kansas City or Los Angeles and you want to do this, then now is not too late to start thinking about it or too early, right? Yeah. So yeah, are you? Uh, you have Million Meter Road. Uh, how, what's the uh, website? So the, there is an event specific website. It's just themillionmeterrow.com. Um, that gives you the basics of the, uh, the, the website. We are still fundraising right now. Um, oh, so this is another piece that you'll, you'll love, especially the Run Ranger Run community. So every year we do this event, um, I make a pledge that after we raise X amount of dollars, I'll do something. It's usually something unpleasant. So the, the first year I did it, you know, we were trying to get to $22,000 and I think we were sitting around like 10 or 12,000. So I said, for every dollar we raise over 22,000, I'll do a burpee wearing a plate. <laughs> well, little did I know two weeks out from the event, people started fundraising more and more. I ended up having to do 18,000 burpees. 
Um, now, I didn't do 18,000. Our community stepped up, and they were like, you know what? We want to do these burpees. Oh, yeah, so everyone took a piece. We had a, we had a big burpee party at my partner's house. I think we did burpees for like five hours straight. I think there's probably like 10 to 20 of us. Um, so that was year one. Last year, we did thrusters. But this year, the, the reason I, I say the Run Ranger Run, Run community is going to love it, my, my pledge this year was for every $250 we raised over 30000 I would run one mile. So as it stands, I'm up to having to run 59 miles. So, yeah. So I've done eight of them so far. <laughs> and I am not a runner um, by any means. So this is not. But a you'll get thing. some help. You'll get some help on those two. Uh, you know, this So my partner, Pat, said he was going to do it as well. You know, I think this is one of those years that we're going to just own all of the miles. And we won't do them all at once. We'll do them over time. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, we really – I'll tell you this. The one thing I know how to do well is suffer physically. That's one thing that I am good at. So that is a, a, a piece of this event that I really do actually enjoy. So. Well, you guys did a great event. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I still have a, a little pulled ab by the way, from Mother Park. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, this is the, probably the second time I've rode in the last four years. But uh, now we'll, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to do it more often. Well, because, if you pulled an ab from rowing, I'm glad you didn't jump. Yeah, and when, and when I was climbing with Bryce last week, I could feel there were a couple of times that I was like, oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, Nick, thanks. Uh, thanks for everything you do. You. Proud to be your friend. Uh, proud to be associated with you. And uh, looking forward to see where we go in the future. Can't wait, sir. Right on. All right. You know what we say. Be brave, be bold, be gallant. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. All right, girl. Take care. Take care, buddy.